Congratulations to Mr. Brad86, Memphis Grizz, Criterion OKC, Basketball Fan Tees, and Matthew Schultz for winning the Dynasty t-shirts. Thank you to everyone who participated, and there will be more contests, so don't worry. Now, let's get to the show. Kawhi never returned, the Thunder disappoint, the Trailblazers and Raptors get swept, three rookies lead their team to the second round, and the number one pick is still on the bench. And a Warriors-Cavs final almost feels inevitable. But how did we get here? This episode, we talk about last year's draft, proving hindsight is indeed 2020. Who thought Donovan Mitchell would be this good? Enjoy. July 1st, 1947. Before the upcoming season, the Basketball Association of America, which later became the National Basketball Association, held the first inaugural draft. Ten teams, including the Pittsburgh Ironmen, Toronto Huskies, Boston Celtics, Providence Steamrollers, New York Knicks, Philadelphia Warriors, St. Louis Bombers, Chicago Stags, Washington Capitals, and Baltimore Bullets. The draft went in reverse order of the team's records the season before, and they took turns picking U.S. college basketball players. Andy Tonkovich from Marshall University was the first person to ever be drafted by an NBA team by the Providence Steamrollers. He played one season. In fact, four of the first round picks never played in the league. But three players did go on to have Hall of Fame careers, which goes to show that you don't always know what you're getting when you draft a young player. Since 1947, the NBA has expanded to 30 teams, cut the draft to two rounds, implemented a lottery to decide the order of the first 15 picks, and teams can draft international players. But all players must be at least one year removed from high school. Today, we talk about our impressions from last week's draft, how the draft actually works, one-and-done culture, and NBA conspiracies. Millions of people watch the NBA every season, rooting for their favorite team or picking their favorite players. My name is Dylan Garvin, and I'm more interested in the game outside of the game. In this simple game that involves one ball, two hoops, and ten players, how do you crack the code and build the perfect team? This is Dynasty. Hey, this is Dylan and Ryan. How you guys doing? Uh, so you're joining us for the third time. We made all these accommodations to get you on Skype, so it looks like you're pretty official. You're on the show. You're in the description. <laughs> I'm a part of the team. I'll take it. Where, where's my paycheck? That's what I want to know. Uh, we aren't doing sponsors this season. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what do you think of the draft? Uh, after the first pick, I sort of zoned out. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it was it was good. I stuck around like hard looking for the top ten, but after that, it sort of just falls down to people that you don't even know will pan out. But it was good. I think Josh Jackson dropped further than he should have. Yeah, and uh, Malik Monk too. Yeah, that's too big. I mean, I didn't think it's whatever teams like, but Celtics taking Tatum really pointed out the reason why they wanted to trade back. Or up, whatever it is, yeah. with the Sixers. That makes sense now. Yeah, I feel like unless you watch college basketball, 
the draft isn't like it's exciting for the first few picks but then after that you're like who's that guy and then you look him up on youtube and anyone <laughs> anyone looks good in youtube highlight videos so yeah, because they don't show their defense <laughs> yeah exactly unless it's Kawhi. i was watching uh highlight videos of Kawhi today and i was trying them against uh our neighbor you know barrett i was trying yeah. to the moves against him some of them worked but then i realized i don't have like the claw hands the claw hands or like a seven foot wingspan so i saw an article saying if Kawhi played Kawhi, would he score on himself <laughs> it, was, it was a good argument i had a whole article answer. on that yeah i mean his defense is so good but his offense is so good so i don't all right, in a Some... day where uh, Chris Paul gets traded, <laughs> this was this was before the trade. Someone has a lot of free. It's time. a really slow day. <laughs> like, oh, nothing's gonna happen today. Let's write. <laughs> Kawhi plays Kawhi, and oh no, stuff actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I think the most exciting parts of the draft was not the draft, but everything else that happened, like all the trades involved. Jimmy Butler oh, yeah. getting traded. Yeah, Chicago doing that for nothing. Yeah, Timberwolves are going to be nasty. They picked up plenty with that trade, too. Yeah. Well, I just wonder if their timelines will go. But, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is pretty good, so I see no problem. I was just reading an article that Andrew Wiggins, based on metrics, is the worst defender in the NBA. Hmm. I don't know how true that is. I didn't watch a ton of Timberwolves. And, I mean, maybe it's just all effort-based. I mean, he has, like, I never heard that he was a bad defender coming out of college. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see with that. But, yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but most surprising move, I guess, for me was Jason Tatum getting picked by the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, that was the first shocker. I was actually hoping the Lakers wouldn't pick Alonzo because that would have been more funny to me. But, yeah. yeah, Tatum going to the Celtics was the first big surprise, I think. Yeah, and after that, everything kind of fell into place. I mean, there were a bunch of trade-ups and trade-downs, but... I'm not sure how much will matter. The yeah. the kid the Spurs picked up will probably be an all star in three years. Derek White. <laughs> <laughs> Could be true. Yeah. Which? Who do you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Who do you think won the draft? What team? I mean, I have a pretty obvious answer: the team with the most picks early on. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the Kings did really well, like yeah. for the Kings. Yeah. Just. Getting De'Aaron Fox, which was like the obvious move, but they could have just screwed it up being the Kings. Um, and then trading back, like trading out of the 10th spot and getting more assets, picking up um, Justin Jackson, who I really like. Yeah, I like him too. I yeah. thought that was a, a good pick. And then uh, the boy from Duke, Harry Giles, dropped back yeah. pretty far because no one wanted to take it. If he pans out, he could be, he could have been a top five if he didn't get injured all the times before well, I mean, but he also yeah. he also could be a bust you tore your acl but he tore it twice but i mean how hard is that to come back uh it could be mental for him i mean he's i'm not going through the daily grind or a whole season's worth of stuff like he's constantly jumping 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 but i've seen a few articles where guys in the nba can play I saw a guy who played in the nba with no acls Ooh. he didn't get the surgery before and he just played strengthening the rest of his muscles now he could have been a bench player but so if you don't have an acl what does that limit you to like can you hurt other stuff or yeah you're more prone to tearing 
uh, any of the other ligaments in your knee, so your PCL, your LCL, or your MCL. So your ACL is the anterior. So that's the one, if make, basically making cuts going left to right, hold your knee in place. So if that's not there or working hard, the other ligaments will be working twice as hard to make up for it. So they are more probable to tear if they're not strong enough. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but for him, like, he has to, well, he, he was playing, so it's just that mental thing, I guess, just getting back to full speed. Yeah, and he's young and athletic, so it depends. I think it depends how good the Kings, uh, like, athletic, like, medical staff is. Like, they're the people working him out, telling him, should he play, should he not. The kid's, what, like, 19 years old, 20 years old? He's going to want to play, so yeah, it's up to them to keep him healthy. Yeah, that's what's cool about the NBA, and I'm excited to do that podcast, is, like, the whole culture idea. I was reading a podcast, or not a podcast, an article today about the 76ers training facility and how like mm-hmm. top of the line it is and like all that stuff in the background like you could have the best draft picks but if you don't have a good coach in place you don't have a good system in place even like the allure of the city or the detriment of the city like if you had a team in las vegas you might not have a good luck with that who's your rookie of the year pick uh well, you would assume it'd be the first pick. Lonzo. <laughs> no. I don't think uh, he actually is one of my options for a bust. Um, really? At least at least his first year. I just think he's overhyped. It's hard to live up to everything he's asking for. And not a great team while they're rebuilding. But as far as rookie of the year, I would pick either Josh Jackson playing in Phoenix because he's playing with a young crew. He can probably start. And they're just looking for high numbers. And then my other option would be D, uh, De'Aaron Fox playing with the Kings. Mm, that's that's a good one. Yeah, plus yeah. Josh Jackson's like a grown man. He's 20 years old, which is a grown exactly. man. Exactly. I know. And everyone else is like a year younger than him. And he's pretty, pretty big, pretty jacked. I am a man. So I came up with this myself. Slash, I probably am stealing it from someone. Definitely read it from somewhere. But... Bust formula, I said it's outcome divided by expectation. So you could have a guy in the second round who ends up, he's not as good as Lonzo, but based on where he's drafted, it's like a better output. So if you don't live up to that expectation, then you can be considered a bust, even though you could be a decent player, which is crazy. But you're not as good as what they assumed. Yeah, like think of all the people... You go through, I mean, Greg Oden was injuries. Um, you have other people like Darko. Bowie. Bowie. Uh, just all those guys like, and it gets to them because they say, oh, you were drafted first overall, you are drafted second overall, and that can get to them, even though they could be fine role players, but they're just not as good as they're supposed to be. Uh, another bus, or another person I think that, was drafted higher than they should have was TJ Leaf uh, coming out of UCLA. <laughs> TJ Leaf has the funniest voice. Did you hear oh, him? Talk. Were no. you not up when they drafted him? <laughs> no. Oh my Nothing God. after 10. I mean, you just expect, like, he's six foot ten, power forward. I expected, like, a deeper voice. Or, like, just the way he was talking, he was just, like, so happy, which, I mean, I'm glad he's happy, but it was just so funny. Like, look it up. All you listeners out there, look up TJ Leaf interview. Plugging his voice on this podcast right here. <laughs> All right, right here. I'll do that. Um, so I'm just really excited to get out there and meet everyone again and just talk with everyone. 
Remember the first time you ever heard Tim Duncan speak? Yeah. Or um, Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, how you doing? I know, because, like, there's these huge, like, athletes, and then their voices don't match up. But then you have guys like um, Brooke Lopez has, like, the deepest voice ever, which matches. He's seven foot tall. Zay's had such a good screen. He made his man help, and his man didn't know what to do. So he got back to Zay. Randy made a great pass. He just tried to convert. I'll just get into it. The rules of the draft. Each team gets a first round pick and a second round pick. They're allowed to use the pick, sell it for cash, not exceeding $3.5 million in the season, or trade it. And we saw this with the Warriors. They actually spent the whole $3.5 million on a second round draft pick, which $3.5 million is a lot. But like I was listening to Sixers Radio because they sold two of their picks and people are just so upset because they're like, well, that could be a potential player. Like, the money doesn't help us. The owners are already rich. They don't need the money, so... Well, if they are... It depends how much they're paying. Not only are they making that money, but they're saving money, not signing someone. That's, that's true. what you got to think. So it's more than $3.5 million if they can get that. But they're right. Like, if the Sixers see, hey, there's no one else that we really need, and let's not waste our time and money on this. Instead, let's shoot for, like, equal dollars free agency or Kyle Lowry. Like, let's try and pay an established star... And I'm fine with that. That's true. And I mean, you only get 17 roster spots with the extra two that they added with the D League or G League. Yeah, the Gatorade League. Naturally, we called our stuff Gatorade. But I read a cool thing that when you make a trade in the NBA, you can't just straight up trade something for nothing. Like, I couldn't, if I didn't want this player, like, say, I don't know, the Cavs just did not want Kevin Love. And they're like, we'll give you to him for free. They couldn't trade him to a team without the other team giving up at least something. And so when you make those trades, sometimes it's valuable to have these assets overseas, like foreign stash players that you know will never play in the NBA because they're not good enough. But it's, a, it's something that you can trade. Oh, can you not just put like a dollar? No, you can't trade money. You can awesome. do that for picks, but you can't do that for players. So... Each team gets a first-round pick, a second-round pick, but you cannot trade your first-round pick in consecutive years because of the Stepien rule. In the 1980s, Ted Stepien was owner and general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers. During that time, he traded five consecutive first-round picks in order to move up in the 1982 draft. One of those picks ended up being future Hall of Famer James Worthy. So basically, they did that, and it screwed them over because they didn't have any draft picks for five years. And so the NBA stepped in and said, you can't do that. And that's why if you follow the NBA trades and you're wondering, well, why did the Celtics have the first overall pick? Weren't they the first seed? Well, it's because they had the Nets swap. So they were able to swap with the Nets, who were the worst team, and they got the number one pick that way. In that trade, they traded Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry, right? Yeah. For, so they traded for Brooklyn's first-round pick, and then, yeah, they traded three first-round picks and then two pick swaps. So it's basically the equivalent of five, but they kind of found a way around that because they weren't allowed to do the consecutive. So we'll see if they make a rule now because the Nets kind of got screwed by that. But you can't protect stupid. <laughs> <laughs> These teams, they traded the pick. But then the original team will make the pick. They'll pick the player. They have to awkwardly put on the hat, even though they know they're going to be oh, on yeah. the other team. They like do the that because of the consecutive picks rule. 
So when you pick the player and then trade him, you're technically not breaking the rule. So players drafted must be at least one year removed from high school. That's relatively new, uh, which has created a one-and-done culture. And kids who go to college for one year just to play basketball, uh, they're not really focused on class, and they don't get paid. So should we get rid of the rule, or should we extend it? I said get rid of it. I said if, if especially because they're putting money into the this Gatorade League, Gatorade. so that players can, straight out of high school can go develop underneath a team, and then they can go to the NBA. And if they're better than that, if they're Kevin Garnett, LeBron James, whoever it is, comes out of high school and goes straight to the NBA, then let them do it. Don't let them waste their time. But if they choose to go to college, I don't think they should get paid. But that's saying that they also have the option to go straight to the pros. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. Some schools will say, we know you're only going to come for one year, maybe two years. We know you're not focusing on school, but you come now. And if the NBA doesn't work, you get injured or you aren't as good as you thought you were. You can always come back and you have free tuition for life, which yeah, is a pretty cool thing. That's getting paid right there. Some of the schools, I'm still paying out student loans. <laughs> and honestly, some of the platforms are put on at a, at a college like that, they get to choose their college. That's their highlight reel. That's their chance for teams to see them and where they get drafted and allows them to get paid more right off the bat compared to in high school where you go to high school where you live for the most part unless your parents get you in somewhere else. I mean, you could be playing with a coach or a system or a team that's not as great. I mean, players go to Kentucky or to Duke and they know they're going to be, if they're good enough, they have a better chance to be drafted than if they go somewhere random. Yeah. Unless you're really good, like Markel Fultz or Ben yeah. Simmons, who go to these random schools and exactly their teams suck, but they're still number one picks. Yeah, I, I agree. They should get rid of it because I think the biggest fear of people is like, oh, then everyone's going to come out of high school. And I mean, that's not really the case. Like you're saying, like it's hard to know who's ready. And so I think that will prevent a lot of people from going. Like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, uh, Kevin Garnett, like they knew they were going to be good and they're like, we're not going to college. And they knew they were going to get drafted in the first round. But that's not true of everyone. It kind of takes that year to, like you said, have your highlight reel. And they had scouts and their agents also tell them. Mm -hmm. Like you see kids declare for the draft and then they see they're not going to go in the top in the first round or whatever and they'll... They'll, they'll say, actually, I'm going back for another year of college. Yeah, and it's knowing like which draft is weak, which is strong, knowing your stock, which is a whole crazy thing. But, I mean, I think it's more of a money thing. I, they say they're protecting these kids, but the, co the colleges make so much money that you have to imagine that the NBA and the college are in some sort of agreement that, hey, like, you're not going to take all this money from us. I mean, we'll see if it changes. All right, the draft lottery, which comes about a month before the actual draft. And here's how it works. All non-playoff teams are assigned odds based on the record. So the worst team gets a 25% chance at the top pick. The second worst gets a 19.9%. Third worst gets 15.6% and so on. These odds are represented by ping pong balls with numbers on them. Then different combinations are assigned to lottery teams. So the worse your record, the more combinations and higher the odds you have. 
So they go into the secret room, they put them all in a machine, and it's watched over by a third party, which is usually an accounting firm. I think it always has been an accounting firm. But in the secret room, they draw for the first three picks. So they hit it, whatever comes out, that's the number one pick. They hit it again, whatever comes out, that's the number two pick. Hit it again, that's the number three pick. And then all the teams that are left, it just goes in whatever order that they were left in. And so I mentioned the secret room because that has led to one of my favorite discussions with you about the NBA conspiracies. <laughs> There's so many conspiracies. They try and pick big cities like New York, Los Angeles, and they give those teams the picks for big important years. Like Knicks getting the number one pick for Patrick Ewing, like bringing him to New York. Um, Lakers getting... Uh, trades that are like Jerry West apparently moves, but they're able to get Shaq from Orlando to LA. Like NBA is trying to move things to where they can get a, a better, a better viewing, more uh, fans for the for the sport. All right, so let's go through it then. Uh, I'm just gonna name some, and you say if you think it's valid or nah, it's just chance. So first one, Patrick Ewing going to the Knicks. Conspiracy. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's kind of fishy that, oh, this great player that everyone knows will be amazing. Oh, let's do a lottery. And let's make sure that the Knicks, who were not the worst team, I don't even think they were top five worst teams, just happened to get it. So if you're really into NBA conspiracies, go look up the video for this, the Patrick Ewing lottery. Um, there's a huge conspiracy that either they froze the envelope so back in the day, they used to pick from envelopes, at least in the first lottery, instead of ping pong balls. And so it was just everyone had the same chance in the lottery. And they say that they froze the envelope, so he felt around for the cold one, and he pulled it out. Another conspiracy is that they folded over the top, which is, if you look closely, it's slightly bent, and so he felt for that. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if the NBA came out that they did rig stuff, then... This whole podcast is pointless. Like, it just ruins everything. It ruins the whole idea of sports. But that doesn't mean that they didn't have a guiding hand in some stuff. Like, it's definitely a business. They want good stuff to happen for all the teams. They want it to be competitive. It's just odd the things that they guide hand from. Like, the th like they stop Chris Paul from going to Los Angeles, right? Yep. To the Lakers. But then they allow, I think they see later on, like, oh, we made that mistake. Let's let Durant go to Golden State. Like, why not stop him? Well, I think that's, you know? it's interesting because all these trades are happening. Like Chris Paul going to the Rockets, um, Jimmy Butler going to the Timberwolves. We'll see where Paul George goes. It'd be interesting if he went to the Celtics. I think the NBA now is saying, okay, Warriors are really good. The finals are really boring, so we want more competitive teams. We want more people to watch and root for their teams or pick a team. So I wouldn't be surprised this year if a well, we're already seeing it. A bunch of crazy trades are happening so that the league gets more competitive and the NBA is going to let that stuff happen and maybe even encourage it. Yeah, and I think well, I the finals. What they want is more games. They could care less if I mean they you could drop back to the later Lakers Celtics rivalry going for a while or like even the Bulls winning six finals within a like 10 year span like that's gonna at the moment people want greatness they want to see greatness and want to look back at it 
but they want longevity of it. They want to see the games continue. If Golden State swept the Cavs, it would have been terrible. Them just winning one game sort of gave a, a minimal hope of like, oh, we could keep watching more basketball. But then it was over so quick. So yeah. Let me give you a couple more. Uh, Shaq going to the Magic, which was a new franchise at that time, just had started oh. up and they needed some star power. Yeah, I thought that was right. And he didn't even want to be there. <laughs> yeah, then they got the number one pick again the next year. Chris uh, Weber and then switch it for Penny Hardaway, Penny right? Penny Hardaway, yeah. Which I heard that's another conspiracy that they it was enough just to give him Shaq, which is really silly. Um, they wanted to make sure they got another number one pick, make it exciting, which they were. They went to the finals. You can fall into a to a dark rabbit hole in conspiracy theory YouTube <laughs> videos. Just and the Kings Lakers playoff series or finals, it, it just is never ending. And by the end of it, you're looking at 9/11 and thinking that <laughs> it was all a hoax. It's crazy. So you always want to be a growing team, even when you're winning, because the talent will dry up. And I think that's important because you can be winning or you can try to win, you can give up all your assets and you're not focused on developing, you could be good for a few years. But then when those players get old or they leave your team, you're left with nothing. Yeah, unless you're the Celtics and can trade away all your stars. <laughs> I like this quote I read the other day, that NBA draft picks are like a new car. As soon as you buy it and drive off the lot, it starts losing value. So I think that's kind of cool because we see these draft picks like Jaleel Okafor was a number three pick. He's not worth a number three pick anymore. And these assets are just so fluid that they almost never retain the same value. They either go up or they go down. And like you were saying the other day, those draft picks are important. Like the number one pick is more valuable than trading Markel Fultz now because you can pick whoever you want. That's true. So draft picks only matter if you know what to do with them. You need to have the coaches, culture, and veteran players in place to help that player assimilate into the league. And talent isn't enough. Plenty of top picks were not able to make in the league because of injuries or a bad work ethic. And now they're labeled busts. So if you want to build a dynasty, the draft is a great place to start. But that's not the only thing that matters. Next week, we talk free agency. Hey, this is Ryan. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We'll be releasing them every Tuesday during the NBA playoffs. Dynasty is produced by Studio D, and you can find other podcasts by going to studiod.co slash podcast. You can listen to us there or any other way that you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at this underscore is underscore dynasty for extra content and to join in on the conversation.